Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. What do I believe? So one of the practices that I did very early on uh, because I needed to manifest on a regular basis, uh, especially money in my business, was I was constantly working on my belief system. And I think that we need to, we need to be really conscious of we're doing, we're doing a couple of things here. And we're working on our belief system, but we're, we're, we're right now, we're really digging into working on how we think, you know, what is the actual process to think successfully, to think based on how an elite mind actually thinks. But we can't forget to work on our belief system. Some of you are really struggling with belief uh, in some things. So first of all, one of the things that you can, you can use to analyze what your belief is, is to really look at your results. And just look at your results this past week. That's all we're looking at right now, just this past week. If you're in confusion, if you're not getting something that you desire, if you're not following through, if you're having a problem that won't seem to budge, you have a belief problem. You have a belief problem. There's a struggle going on in your belief system. So we're going we're gonna to hit our as a man thinketh. But then I'm going to take you through just the, the brief literature that I used to keep in front of me and still do basically on a regular basis to constantly keep my belief right. Because it's not just, oh, I believe that as in I have an intellectual understanding that that's possible. It's I am manifesting it here and now all the time. If I say I believe something, I'm going to create it and I'm going to create it damn fast in my life. So it's who am I and what do I believe only looking back at the past week. Okay. That's all we're looking back at here is the past week. And where are we struggling? And also remember, because there's, 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 there's quite a few of you that are are in confusion. Confusion is your mind's way of trying to keep you out of the truth because the truth is too painful, okay? Or it's too frightening, it's too scary. So the brain goes in, the mind goes into a state of confusion. If you're in confusion, uh, confusion itself is uncomfortable, but generally what will happen is that if you cannot resolve the confusion, you will take a step backwards and go to what is comfortable to do, even if you know in your heart of hearts it's not the right thing. So you won't want to be in confusion. My suggestion is that you stay in confusion, you let it just be there, just like if it was fear, until it clears, okay? Until it clears. That means until you have truth in front of you. And then in a few minutes after we get done with As a Man Thinketh, um, we're going to get into the belief stuff, which will help clear the confusion, because you want to keep bringing that truth to your understanding every single day. And it'll help clear the confusion and it will clear the path to bringing in your heart's desire because it's already here. It's already here. That's part of the belief. All right. So the universe does not favor the greedy, 
the dishonest, the vicious, although on the mere surface, it may sometimes appear to do so. It helps the honest and the magnanimous and the virtuous. If you remember one of the things that we said was that the universe is like the earth. It will take whatever you plant and it will give it back to you, but it doesn't care what you plant. It's amoral, okay? We see and sometimes very often confuse uh, things like people that are really successful and then we find out that they're corrupt in some way or they have a huge flaw uh, going on in their life. And it causes us to sometimes draw conclusions that the success itself has something to do with the flaw. In general, from, from, a, from a perspective of is that, is that there to create it or is it created by, is the flaw created by the success? The answer is no. Success is just a magnifier of anything, good or bad. It really doesn't matter. It, it magnifies it. And this is where I really get into debates with people around the idea that you have to be vibrating at a, like a kind or a generous or a nice or virtuous vibration in order to create what you want. That, that's absolutely not true. Those two things are not linked. Those are more linked. Those kinds of vibrations are thought feelings are really more linked to how we're experiencing our day, our life. Are we happy? Do we feel generous? Are we excited about life? Are we in love? Um, do, we, do we have the, the emotions going on inside of us on a daily basis that we really want to experience versus ones that we, that we don't? But the truth is a person can hold hate in their heart and still manifest success. They can they absolutely can. So you don't want to think that that's what has to get cleared up. It's entirely different purpose that's actually going on there. Um, and it also helps get rid of some of the delusions that we're raised under, like the Santa Claus theory. You know, Santa Claus is like the idea that if you're a good boy or a girl, you'll get what you want. And nothing could be further from the truth. Getting what you want has nothing to do with whether you're good or girl, whether you're a good boy or a good girl. Like it's, it has nothing to do with it. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, and if you think about things like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, isn't it, you know, like these are really some twisted ideas. I know they're fun for kids and I don't really have anything against them other than the idea that they do create uh, uh, an, an erroneous cause and effect in the mind at a very young age before a child has the ability to reject it. So even once the child knows that it's not true, those two correlations are, are still in the mind. That's why you will see people say that they feel like they're imposters um, when it comes to success or that uh, they're, they're, they're fighting with the idea of things that I have to do to be successful aren't good things. One of those things is sales. It's very common people think sales is a bad thing. And again, nothing can be further from the truth. But the question is, where did it get started? It got started with, you know, little fantasy stories uh, where these weird people come in the middle of the night, you know, they're, they're, they're overweight, they get down the chimney. I can't never figure that one out. Uh, in, this, in the Tooth Fairy one, think about this one. We're trading part of our body for money. Think about that for a second. We're trading part of our body for money. Like, I'm going to give up a piece of my body for some cash, you know? 
And remember when you were a kid, if you, if you were raised with the tooth fairy, you were like messing with that tooth, get that damn tooth out. Can I get the one next to it? You know, so I can get another quarter or whatever. And we think it's harmless, but, but they come in the night. They're strangers. Any other time of day, we would not be allowed to, to be alone with strangers. But, and we're not allowed to see them either. You know, we're not allowed to see these creepy people. Um, and what's the bunny doing with the eggs? Like, what's that, you know? I mean, come on. How screwed up do we want to make people? Okay. All the great teachers of the ages have declared this in varying forms to prove and know it, a man has but to persist in making himself more and more virtuous by lifting up his thoughts. So what are we lifting them to? More life, more life, right? The better I become, the more I have to offer to my world. The more I have to offer to my world, the more I have the ability to receive in my life right? So the benefit to me going through this is that I become more. I become more of what's already here. Intellectual achievements are the result of thought consecrated to the search for knowledge or for the beautiful and true in life and nature. Such achievements may be sometimes connected with vanity and ambition, but they are not the outcome of those characteristics, they're the natural outgrowth of a long and arduous effort and of pure and unselfish thought. Spiritual achievements are the, are the consummation of holy aspirations. He who lives constantly in the, in the conception of a noble and a lofty thoughts, who dwells upon all that is pure and unselfish, comma, hang on, I want to address this, this word here. He says, spiritual achievements are the consummation of holy aspirations. Well, what are we talking about when we say holy? More life. More, that's what we're talking about, more life. When you hear a word like that or you see a word like that is typically a religious word, put the idea, the concept of more life in there, and it will help clear up any confusion. Um, he who lives constantly in the conception of noble and lofty thoughts, who dwells upon all that is pure and unselfish, will, as surely as the sun reaches its zenith and the moon its full, become wise and noble in character and rise into a position of influence and blessedness. Um, this is important here, this influence and blessedness thing. We all want to be a person of influence. Like, you have to demand that you become a person of influence, but it requires several different things. It requires an unwavering belief. It requires rock-solid faith. It requires um, uh, the idea that you know that you're great. You know that you're great, not from an arrogant place, not from an egotistical place, but from a spiritual truth. Big difference. Arrogant, the, the arrogant place and the egotistical place are, they're more coming from a place of lack, like uh, deep inside I don't feel great, so I try to surround myself with great things or claim to do great things, but inside I really don't feel great at all. The spiritual truth is very different. It is attempting to change those places on the inside and replacing it with a, with a real truth about yourself. 
just like the Course in Miracles quote, nothing unworthy of God is worthy of me, right? So very, very important to understand that. It is, it is our duty to raise our thought process and to raise our self-image and our self-esteem so that we see ourselves as a really great person, so that we have this ability to influence and to bless others. Chapter 14 of The Science of Getting Rich, just by curious, by a show of hands, who's read that book, The Science of Getting Rich? So there's something really important in that book. Um, Chapter 14, The Impression of Increase, is probably my favorite chapter in that book. Basically what it says is this, is that inside each and every one of us is a higher self that is searching for another individual that can help bring increase into our life. Now, most of us are not conscious that this is actually going on. We see it, we see glimpses of it in our attractiveness, uh, our attractiveness to successful people, uh, maybe uh, things that you admire, maybe it's music or movies or art or literature, or poetry, uh, architecture, you know, nature, whatever. You're attracted to something that can bring more substance into your life. And Waddles called it the impression of increase. And he said, increase is what all men and women are seeking in life. So if we become conscious of being a person of increase and we're really conscious of that and we know what our increase is, like what is the increase that I bring to the world? What is the increase that you bring to the world? People that are looking for that are going to be attracted to you and they're going to be attracted to you in a big way, especially if you're really cognizant of the increase that you bring, if you're really aware of it. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing because you'll see people that have a real hardcore outer shell. They'll be going through their life and they desperately need something on the inside. And when they meet this person, that shell will come down. And if you, if you've, you probably all have experienced it in one degree or another, but if you haven't, it's amazing when you actually experience it because it's like this person knows on a vibrational level that you can help them in some way. And it's like they humble themselves. They open themselves up to what it is that you have to offer for that individual. So the idea is that we're constantly becoming a person of increase in our life. We're consistently working on being that person. He says, achievement of whatever kind is the crown in effort and the didium of thought. By the aid of self-control, resolution, purity, righteousness, and well-directed thought, a man ascends by the aid of animility, indolence, and impurity and corruption, and confusion of the thought that a man descends. A man may rise to high success in the world and even to lofty attitudes in the spiritual realm and again descend into the weakness and the wretchedness by allowing arrogant, selfish, and corrupt thoughts to take possession of him. Victories attained by right thought can only be maintained by watchfulness. Um, Many give way when success is assured and can rapidly fall back into failure. All achievements, whether in business 
uh, intellectual or the spiritual world are the result of definitely directed thought, are governed by the same law and of the same method. The only difference lies in the object of attainment. He who would accomplish little must sacrifice little. He who would achieve must, uh, much, much must sacrifice much. He who would attain highly must sacrifice greatly. Now, if you've got that book in front of you, you really want to highlight that paragraph. I'm going to read that last one again. He who would accomplish little must sacrifice little. He who would achieve much must sacrifice much. And he who would, aim, who would attain highly must sacrifice greatly. More and more of the lower levels of life must be let go of. You have to let go. You have to sacrifice things of a lower nature to get things of a higher nature. And if fear, if doubt, if worry, um, safety, surety, if those things are behind decisions that you're making, you're not sacrificing enough. Those have to be let go of. When you let go of them, you might be thinking to yourself, well, if I let go of it, what, what do I, what do I kind of hold on to? What am I going to be rooted in? The idea is that you're going to be, you're going to go into faith. You're going to go into the faith and the belief that you need to create what you want. You're going to let spirit really direct your life and it will direct it in the most magnificent way um, for what needs to come into your life because it's already here. So if you have a sheet of paper in front of you, what I'd like you to do is to just simply draw a circle. And then it says, everything is already here. Underneath that, you could put the word whole, W-H-O-L-E, in there. <clears throat> and this is something to keep, to keep in front of you while you're working during the day. Everything is already here. It doesn't matter what it is that you want. It's already here. Now, by the law of growth, everything that you desire is seeking you. It was seeking you before you desired it. You desire, when you desire it, you're coming into the harmonious vibration of the thing that you wish to have in your life. Whether it's person, place, thing, it doesn't matter what it is. You're, you're manifesting it into your life. It is, the, it is the thing that is going to take you to the next highest level. Now, as you do that, you also have to be cognizant of what must be sacrificed so that the good can come in. If you stay in a place of resistance, it's kind of like it hangs out there on the edge of the circle and it can't get to you. So like if you're in the middle, do this, do this exercise. Like if, if ever, whenever you're in confusion, I like to do this because it, it kind of brings everything back down to the correct perspective. If you stand up, put your finger out in front of you like this and just turn 360 degrees, right? You realize that everything that you're experiencing is outside of yourself. You are the center of your own universe, you are the center. It doesn't matter where you go, you're the center. You're the center. Now, if I'm the center and everything is already here, it is trying to get to me to move me in the direction that I am supposed to go in my life because I have a divine purpose. My job is to become aware of that 
And my job is also to become aware of what, once I become aware of what it is, what is it that I need to sacrifice to then move to the next level? What do I need to sacrifice? When I first tripled my income, something came into my awareness. It had already been there, but I couldn't see it because I was being a big dummy. I just could not see it. I was so arrogant. I was so blind uh, to, to what was going on, but it had literally been there for two years and here I am suffering. And it presents a way for me to triple my income instantaneously. And I'm worried about, well, how, how, how certain is this, right? Because it was basically another job. There's a risk. I'm going to be low on seniority in that job. I could get laid off. These are very real possibilities. There were, there were tremendous amount of things that were presented to me as risk factors, including people that I asked advice, told me not to do it. The only way for me to get what I wanted was to let go of all of those thoughts and possibilities on a lower nature and step into what was right in front of me that, that truly represented my heart's desire. It was only by saying yes to those things. And then the thing is, is that with each thing that came after that, it became increasingly more difficult because I had to let go of things I was attached to. Again, people, places, and things. I had to realize that there were people in my life, there were, there were things in my life that were not serving me. I could not hang on to those things and move to the next level. The real problem that I was having in making this, in making this sacrifice was then my belief system. I had a real challenge when it came to my belief system. So I make these decisions. And I kind of follow what Proctor was, was teaching me at the time and Napoleon Hill. You make a decision and you don't look backwards. You make a decision, you don't look backwards. It's kind of like the story of Lot and his wife in the Bible. They leave Sodom and Gomorrah. God tells them, do not look back. Lot's wife looks back, she's turned into a pillar of salt. It's a great metaphor that when you look back after you make a decision, it will consume you. It will consume you. It will destroy you. You have to make the decision and move forward. And then as you make the decision and move forward, you're now going to build on top of your belief system. You're going to work on it every day. So one of the books that I kept in front of me, well, first of all, I had the A Course in Miracles, that quote from A Course in Miracles. I didn't generally keep the book in front of me, but I had it written on a little laminated goal card that I still carry with me today. But I kept working with the law, Raymond Hollywell. I mean, this book is pretty, pretty beat up. It's, very, it's in a very delicate condition right, <laughs> right now. Um, and there was something about it that was, that was just astounding to me that I, I refused to let my mind go in a negative direction. So when you're, when you're going to work on your belief, you have to understand you're choosing to say, I'm going to believe in this. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I know what I want. And I'm making a conscious choice to believe something entirely different in order to allow that to come into my life so that I can literally change my belief system. So he talks about um, the, 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 the little piece that we're going to study 
is from the law of receiving in this book, okay? And he says, many failures in demonstrations, which is basically uh, the word that they used to use for manifestation, uh, are because we do not force our expectations to keep a pace with our desires. We don't force our expectations to keep pace with our desires. Now think, we don't force our expectations to keep pace with our desires. Very often, we desire one thing and expect in our hearts another. What does that mean? It means that we allow doubt, fear, and worry and confusion to run roughshod in our mind. You got to get it out. Like you, no, I, let, me, let me rephrase that. It's not so much that you need to get it out. You need to stop focusing on it. You need to turn your attention and focus on where you're going. Doubt, fear, and worry, and confusion are trying to get you to turn around and look in your past. Wherever the doubt, fear, and the worry, and the confusion came from, whether it's something you experienced or something somebody else experienced, it's attempting to get you to turn around. Very often we desire one thing and expect in our hearts another, which creates confusion. The master said a house divided cannot stand. So then he goes on and he gets to the point where he, where, he, where he brings this in. And he says, true desire represents the urge of life seeking a fuller expression and is kept alive by the continuous expectation of its fulfillment. True desire. So this presupposes a few things. Number one, that you know what your true desire is. Now, if every one of you has a true desire. What you have to do, your responsibility in this part, is to be honest about what it is for you. And it's not even something that you have to share with anybody. Like, you don't have to share it with any other person. You know what your true desire is. It may, it may, you may think to yourself, yeah, David, I know what it is, but it seems so ridiculous. Like, how would that ever possibly happen? You don't need to know the how. If, that, if you have that true desire, it's as certain as the sun coming up tomorrow. It's part of your purpose. It's part of your destiny. True desire represents the urge of life. That's the whole more life idea. Life is always seeking fuller expression. And it's kept alive by the continuous expectation of its fulfillment. Where do I point my mind? If I'm going to continuously ex expect something to manifest in my life, I cannot point my mind at doubt, fear, worry, failure, other people's ideas. I have to point it at where I want to land. What do I want? Who do I want to manifest in my life? How much money do I want to manifest in my life? How big do I want my business to get? What achievements? What is the elite thing that I want to create? Who do I want to create that with? It brings to us the ways and the means for its manifestation. The principle explains that no desire is felt until the supply is ready to appear. The fact that you have the desire is evidence that it's ready to appear in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. It's 
total evidence it's ready to appear. You could not experience that desire if it wasn't there. You're on the same vibrational level as the thing you want, the person you want, the money that you want, the opportunity that you want. It's here and it's in your life. It's connected to you. No desire is felt until the supply is ready to appear. No mind can be conscious of a need or a desire unless the possibility of its fulfillment exists. That's where we're talking about the circle that I had you draw. It's already there. It's in there. Creation happened in an instant. In uh, The Course in Miracles, it's called the holy instant. There's also the holy instant of when we become aware that that's true. It's really interesting. All the success that you want happens by awareness. You're born to be successful. You don't learn to be successful. You're born to be successful. You become aware of that, and then you let it into your life. He says, your prayer, your desire, your inner urge are like a magnet. And the stronger they are, the stronger the power of your magnet, and the greater its attraction. You cannot ask too much for the law. It's unlimited, and the supply is inexhaustible. It's unlimited, and the supply is inexhaustible. You'll think, I don't know if I can do better. You absolutely can. It's already there. If you have the desire, you can. That's, oh, that's all the evidence that you need. Remember what Pritchett said, absence of evidence is not evidence of its absence. When you have it on the imaginary plane, you know, using your imagination to create a mental image or on the etheric, you already have it at the first stage of creation. That is the first stage of creation. It's already here and it's already in you. You can get only what you can conceive and what you can understand. The law does not withhold any more than mathematics withholds its numbers. You may receive some things that appear not good, yet, uh, but yet good may come through them, like mistakes in mathematics. Think, think about that for a second. So what is he saying? So you, we all have something in our life that may appear to be not good. It's like Napoleon Hill said, the sly disguises of opportunity. Something is happening in your life that doesn't appear to be a good thing. But it's opening the door for the better thing that you want to come in. You've got to wake up. You've got to see this through a belief, not through past understanding of how life worked. If you're looking at the tragedy of a transformation that's happening in your life, if you're looking at the fear because you don't know what's on the other side of it, you're not opening your mind to receiving the good. Remember, whatever it is that you're experiencing, you've called this in because you're holding a higher vision for yourself. It has to happen. The transformation has to happen. The sacrifice has to happen. The lower has to leave so that the higher can come in. You created it. It always comes in through a problem. Now, how painful does that have to be? It's, that's entirely up to you. 
the pain really comes from the attachment. If I'm going to be attached and not willingly release it, I mean, think about it. My God, you called it in, but now you won't release it because you're attached. Well, the real problem is that it's coming in a way you didn't expect it to come. You didn't see it happening this way. The universe knows more about how it needs to happen for you than you do. This is where you have to have the trust and the faith. So you take this, this quote, this idea from, uh, from Hollywell, and you keep it in front of you. Really work on our belief this week. Everything is transformed by the transformation of your belief. And remember, this is already in you. All we're doing is we're opening it up. It's like uh, Pritchett said. It's the gifts, the many gifts that you haven't opened that you already have. As we open those gifts, we open ourselves up to that power. We open ourselves up to that beauty. We open ourselves up to all of that possibility. It just comes rushing into your life. Make a decision and don't look back. Embrace what's coming in in front of you. It's right in front of you. The thing that you want is right in front of you. Take the, the, the blinders off and really step into the belief of what you desire. For each and every person, it is here. It is absolutely here. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.